Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Welcome, everyone, to our episode of Unbreakable Spirit. Very excited this morning to have a special guest, a beautiful Unbreakable Spirit, Elizabeth Diaz. Let me tell you just a little bit about Elizabeth. She actually comes from a journalism background but has gone through some major shifts and changes in her life. And now she is doing astrology, tarot, channeling energy, and she is actually a healer. I can't wait to learn so much more about what Elizabeth is doing now. She's actually building her spiritual business on YouTube and a little bit on TikTok, which is so much fun, but a lot of work. <laughs> And Absolutely. Yeah, she's planning to uh, study Reiki and hypnotherapy to add to her offerings of, of how she can help and heal people. And she also is involved with the true intuitive connections. And she can tell us a little bit more about that as we go along. To sum it up, she enjoys combining her astrology, tarot, traditional playing cards, runes, and even her treasured pendulum to provide information and to help others with questions that they may have. And it's really her passion and something that she had actually suppressed for a long time. And this is what we're going to talk about today, like this journey from traditional journalism all the way to this very <laughs> different <laughs> career. Blogging about astrology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so welcome, welcome, Elizabeth. So happy to have you here. Oh my God, it's a thrill to meet you, Jennifer, and to know like this journey we've been on in parallel paths and to get to speak to you today. I know, uh, it's, it's my heart. Yes, it's awesome. So we actually, both Elizabeth and I, have we, we wrote a chapter in a book called Unbreakable Spirit, which really what kind of launched this whole podcast for me is to I'm share so proud of you oh thank you thank you and that we we told our stories so elizabeth is in the book she has a chapter uh-huh. yeah and i have a chapter and as to a lot of other really fascinating women that i'm going to be talking to as we continue with these podcast uh-huh. episodes so elizabeth this is the first one that i've had the pleasure of interviewing from the book yeah from the book, whoop, from the book. Whoop, i yeah. didn't know that that's yeah. so cool so uh let's Let's go back in time, Elizabeth, and let's 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 go uh, back. I don't know where you want to start, but we could start with what you were going through back then, or anything that that led up to that time in your life. And it was a very very difficult time in your life. You went through a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was the cherry on the top of a lot of bad stuff. So I'll just sum it up in a nutshell. In general, let's see. I've I've always I grew up in Cocoa Beach. I'm a Florida girl. 
Okay. I grew up by the Space Center. So forever fascinated by space and astronomy. Okay. Astrology, but you know, I was more scientific. A lot of times you're not encouraged to dive into these things, but they were, it was always in me. Mm-hmm. And I went through some things as a child, I think, that I repressed that sparked some of this passion for wanting to know more about the universe and the cosmos and and to dive into different religions. My dad was Jewish. My mom was born Baptist, became Episcopalian. I married a Cuban Catholic. Wow. I had friends that are Jehovah Witnesses. I mean, the religion, the studying I did, but I always came back to this other element, I guess is the best way to describe it, an element in my life that at the time I didn't know was energy or um, this little light in my head saying, there's more, you need to know more. And one time that stands out specifically, my son is now 25, but when I, I had him and right after him, I was pregnant again and I was well into my sixth month when I realized that the baby had a lot of problems and she was not going to make it. Her name is Alexandra. So I have an, I have an angel baby. Mm. This is one, and probably this is something I went through hypnotherapy to deal with this. And I didn't realize that hypnotherapy would help me until well after we went through all this. So, so you, it wasn't that you were doing hypnotherapy back right after the loss. No, 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 no. It was more recent. Oh my goodness. Yes. So what I did do though, while I was pregnant, I went, I went to every specialist, right? And everybody just should tell me, was this child compatible with life or had her soul passed on or, you know, what was happening? Because I could still feel her. Oh gosh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like, I could write a lot of books. Mm -hmm. And this is, I have so many aspects I would love to help people if if it's just listening and talking with them you know i may not be an expert but i know a little bit about everything and and really the theme of what was in your book and obviously started well before this is you you've experienced a great deal of loss a great deal of loss in your life and a lot of grief yeah and I, i can speak to that too because what happened after this year that i wrote about was a good five years of mourning grief, mourning grief. So that's a specific thing specific that I can speak to. Okay. Yeah. And I'll speak to that as quickly as I can. But one of the first things in this process of uh, dealing with Alexandra, the final thing I did, and, and here I am entrenched in a um, very Catholic family. So you go to the priest. You don't go to a mm-hmm. psychic. Okay. Right. No. <laughs> Not really. No. But I did. And, you know, he, he went with me reluctantly. And um, she did tell me that the soul had passed already. This was the priest or? 
No, that is okay. the psychic medium. Yeah. And oh, gosh. Is, oh, so then what? what? Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Okay. <laughs> and I don't even want to start crying okay. right now. Okay. But I will okay. tell you that Alexandra, I, I gave birth to her. She did pass like in, basically immediately. And I, we had a funeral. Let me see. And then, you know, I was blessed with my daughter, who's now 22. So the kids are doing remarkable. Okay. And I have an angel baby that later I can speak to the hypnotherapy about that. Okay. After that, I have half siblings through my mother. So I have uh, a lot of interesting family dynamics that probably led, not probably, that led to codependency issues on my part. I think we had some things in common. I have to look back again, but I was a parent to my parents. Did you mention that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. But anyway, when you're young and you have to parent your parents, mm-hmm. I guess there's two ways to go. You either become, well, I was always very responsible, but I, I lost myself in that from a very young age. I think when you don't have a lot of good self um, esteem and understanding, even though I was pretty okay for everything I'd been through. I think you're always a little bit lost until you like pull it all together. I feel like I was walking around with a bucket full of red flags for a long time that I had gathered along the way about myself and other people, reasons I, I stayed in a relationship with what I like to call my husband. Um, because we met young we were together five years before we got married we were married five so that's ten before we ever had children it was a very long marriage Mm -hmm. and 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 good and bad another topic but during that time after I lost Alexandra my half-brother passed away I'm not sure if it was a suicide or an overdose or both or Mm. and he he was dead for five years before we found him oh my goodness yeah another long story and something my ex-husband said at that time was I don't know why she's so upset she hardly knew him that's not very compassionate (laughs) no just a little insight into some of that that, uh, I don't know, dynamic. But that threw my mother into quite a tailspin. And what I, looking back now, she was starting to go into dementia anyway. And my mother, so this was about 2003. Mm-hmm. My mother died in 2009 from Alzheimer's. So when my, when my brother went through that episode, my mom, I could see my mom just, she spun. So I moved her from Orlando over to where I am near Tampa. And, and, and your parents were not together at this point. No, unfortunately they divorced later in life in their sixties. Okay. And I was six months after I got married. Oh, (laughs) but yeah, it's just coming to my mind about this parenting that you did of your parents. And now Constantly parenting them. Now, 
And I thought about, I'm like, really? You're going to get divorced now? Now I would have to take care of you separately because I am the only child between them. Mm-hmm. My my dad has a half brother. I mean, a son, my half brother. We're very close. He did take care of me as best he could when I had cancer. Okay. That man is golden. My mother's side, when my mother died, they sued me. Uh, okay. <laughs> what What was that about? If well, you want to talk about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, my mother um, had been married several times. My dad was the last. He was a surgeon. I mean, it came down to a will, a trust, and it was left to me. I was a child. And so my sister and I have come to some sort of resolution. So I'll go ahead and say this. My brothers and I haven't. But basically, I took care of her for six years with Alzheimer's, if anyone needs help with that. And they were nowhere to be found until the end and long story short my sister would come and go and early on when my mother was still it was severe dementia but not diagnosed as alzheimer's yet but she was in assisted facilities Mm -hmm. five minutes from me so my sister took her out one day and had the will changed (gasps) oh my gosh Oh, yeah. I don't even see how that that flew. Well, I, I did see an attorney, and I was going through the divorce at this time. So I was drowning. Two little kids taking care of my mother with Alzheimer's. The divorce, my mother, and now she dies. Literally, I go to her memorial that they put together, thankfully, because I was quite a mess. And it was in Orlando where my mother is from. A week after that, the house that I was leasing, because I'm separated, went into short sale because this oh, is no. 2008, nine. Yeah, when the market just... Banking. Right. Now I have to move. And how old are your children at this point? Eight, ten. So pretty young somewhere around there yeah but very, we stayed very close to their father so only four miles apart and I stayed in the same neighborhood but I had to keep moving and I was moving my mother to take care of her have her in the best places and be with me but she couldn't we couldn't all I couldn't have her live with me oh I know it's it's a very very That's difficult I wanted to but you know there's elements to that so I get through that, I go, I'm moving, and then they decide, they did this because they wanted acknowledgement. My brothers are multimillionaires. Mm. I'm not kidding, I'm not dropping names or money. My sister and I, a little bit more precarious, where we kind of, you know, I wanted to share it with her, but they didn't need it, and they certainly didn't need to come sue me. So. My oldest brother is a personal injury attorney. Okay. So he came at it like, did she handle the care of of the mother correctly? Was the facility correct? All of these things. And having just 
gone through a divorce, which was final right at the same time my mom did. The divorce, my mom dies, the house I'm leasing, I have to leave, and they sue me. That's a that's a lot to go through. That's a, a really terrible thing to have to go through. That was terrible. That was the terrible. family attacking you like that when all your intentions yeah. were only for the best. And I had a wonderful friend who was my estate attorney, tax attorney, everything, and and she helped me through this. That's she great. just she just passed away from brain cancer. Oh my gosh! But nonetheless, I treasure her. She helped me. And we decided just to just to let it go. If they if it meant it wasn't a lot of money, mm-hmm. and if if it if it, if they needed an acknowledgement, fine. But I didn't. I I still haven't spoken to my brothers. My sister and I had a a few months recently where we were working through it. But I accept your apologies. I just it's gonna take a while to. Like well, that, it, it that is forgiveness piece. What I'm going to roll into now that I really would love to help people with, even if it's just to talk, because you never know who's there to listen to you. And I'm I'm, I'm a good listener. Comes with being a journalist and a um, just a good person, you know, and and wanting to help. I've always mm-hmm. speaking of zodiacs and all that. I'm a Cancer. I'm a water person. I'm emotional. I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. I channel energy, like we said. I have all these abilities, but I love to just treasure relationships and home and children and friends. And, you know, I'm that kind of person by nature. Very warm. I guess the emphasis about why I'm telling you some of these past events, the baby, my brother, my mother, the divorce, moving. Is a big stressor, especially um, with young children. Yes, and then also uh, uh, when you're dealing with a parent like that with Alzheimer's, I had to move her from Orlando to here, which she did not want to do. She was having trouble processing it from day one. Hi, yes, I'm Elizabeth's mother, and I'm moving back to Orlando. Oh, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> So I I had to I think I moved myself three times and her four in the process of the of of all of this. So there's the baby, my brother, my mother, the divorce, the moving, my siblings doing that. Mm-hmm. Now I bring this up because you have to forgive. Do you ever forget? And you don't have to forget. <laughs> that, that's a trust issue. Once that kind of trust is is broken. I'm uh, we, we could have a whole conversation about forgiveness because to me, forgiveness is not about making them feel better. It's, it's totally about you releasing the hold that that anger, disappointment, hurt, frustration has on you. And so to me, forgiveness is like releasing, you're releasing that. But like you said, doesn't mean you have to forget it. No, it's impossible to forget. And I I do feel that forgiveness really heals you. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you how hard it is in this, in this, for me, because all of that stress, 
to the best of my ability to understand why I developed breast cancer. Now, my mother did have a, a bout with breast cancer, but um, you know, maybe hers was stress also. Hers might have been hormonal. It was a little later in life, you know, and and, and it never came back as not what she died from or anything like that. But I did get breast cancer, and I did do uh, a lot of uh, the BRCA, a lot of genetic testing. My issue with cancer started in 2014, and in 2016, I was just getting over it. When did this happen? And, <laughs> and she's showing us the book. I'm holding up the book. <laughs> the book, the Unbreakable Spirit book. I have the which... book here. The chapter, Elizabeth's chapter is quite, quite a lot and quite intense. And, but I, I believe absolutely that what we go through, especially the stress can cause disease. When I was going through my very difficult separation and divorce, I, I started having problems with my liver and super healthy. And I totally am going to say that that was because of all of the stress and I had gone to I finally went to an acupuncturist and he said did you realize that anger is held in the liver and I'm like no I don't think I really knew that but it makes a lot of sense to me that's amazing I'm so glad you mentioned it that is like top of the list for me to do next is go to an acupuncturist Mm -hmm. I've healed a lot but I just still feel like there's a lot to break through Mm -hmm. it it really changed things yeah, for me, it really did. You know, the divorce, all of that, and the moving and the stuff I mentioned, and all of that that led up, it was oh nine when my mom died and the divorce finalized after two years, two and a half year divorce. Mm-hmm. Not fun, not fun. Um, I developed a mass on my leftover. Oh, dear. Out of nowhere. And that was not cancerous, but I went through a pretty dramatic surgery, traumatic surgery, I should say. Um, was this I, after after the cancer or before? No, the before. Okay, so but that was scary, a very lot scary. Of stress started triggering mm-hmm. all of this stuff, and the stress wasn't getting better, and the health wasn't getting better. So it was my ovary, and then a big fibroid. So I had a hysterectomy except for the right ovary. Ladies, friends, I can talk to you all day about that. And big mindset over matter about hysterectomies because I still very feel very much myself, you know, and I know women struggle with that. And then to have a double mastectomy, I really feel like I'm a walking robot. Well, and all of that is, it's like, it's your femininity, you know, it's, it's exactly. Your... And, and that's why I feel I could, you know, if any, anybody wants to talk about that, I, it's, it's definitely mindset. It's important to know whether you can have hormone replacements or not. Right. So you just got to talk. I mean, for me, I just tackled it on in the most healthy way I can understanding I'm not a good candidate for estrogen replacement or anything like that. However, I I never lost my feminine side or that 
I guess, sexuality, we could go into another time. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it more in terms of just uh, kind of grieving for, again, another grief of losing some of those body parts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there are days where I kind of look at myself and think, like, wow, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) Oh, but you look great. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And um, for anyone out there that is facing breast cancer, I was a candidate for skin and nipple sparing. Many aren't. I went a complete surgical route. Some women choose not to. They choose chemo, radiation. No matter how you go through it, there is no easy path, but there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Losing your hair, scars. Oh, gosh. A lot of things, you know, but it, you get through it. I promise. You really do. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. 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 That's a tough one. Um, I think at, at my age now being single, it makes it the, the block I have is dating. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to date to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm like, so done. Maybe too much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I finally reached a place where I'm not that codependent person. I'm, I'm really happy in my skin. I got rid of the bucket full of red flags from everybody I collected. And when I see them, I'm like, hey, you keep your red flag, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, Ed, so you've, you've come to know yourself and feel good about who you are and all this healing work that you've done to get yeah, you to where you are now. I don't want anybody to mess that up. And I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. So let's, let's just go into that chapter of the book. So the, the breast cancer, and then you, you did get involved in a relationship. Yes. Actually, when I was going, I, I met, and this is a funny aspect I can share with you during this or um, another time in this chapter, I call him Charlie, but his name is Rick. So I'll just, I, I, I I'll call him Rick. Okay. I met Rick in 2013 didn't want to date then either. I live in a small little town as a boating community. I like to call it a drinking community that likes to boat. <laughs> okay. So there's just a lot of drinking in this town. Okay, so I met Rick and he was amazing. He just amazing. I don't care how broken he was. When I, I didn't know, and I, I still don't, I still love him. But when I met him, I had just come out of all of this divorce and my mom and some surgery. But mm-hmm. he actually went through the hysterectomy with me. And he was just amazing. Maybe that's why my mindset is so good about what happened to me as a woman. Because he was 100%. You are still sexy and beautiful, and I love you, and I don't care if you lost every part of your body. I love you. So he is a soul twin flame to me. So I just am forever grateful to him for that. And I think that's why I have a good mindset about it. So the first year of dating him of three years, 
to me, when I would see him, as I never lived with anyone after my divorce and I haven't been remarried, I really protected my children. That's not to say anyone else should feel differently if they let people move in or they date or they've had a lot of boyfriends. I am just, my home is my little sanctuary. Your sacred space. Yeah. yeah. And until I was really, really, really sure that whoever was in my life would be really good with the kids because their dad is a solid father that I wasn't going to let anybody too close to that. So fortunately I didn't, but Rick only lives two minutes away from me, which is great. Funny that we were so close and never knew each other because mm-hmm. he lived here many, 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 many years and had, had a wonderful business. So the first year I met him, it was social drinking. You understand, I didn't see the, the really dark side of his drinking. Okay, so you were, you were having fun, you're dating. That's, yeah, that's... you know, I'd been through stuff. I was probably drinking more than I should have. Mm-hmm. Not in a sense that I thought I had a problem. It was just people would go out a lot and drink and so I would hang out with him he'd have a couple drinks I have a couple drinks I just didn't see it sure and alcoholics hide that Mm -hmm. and I and he was so incredible despite things he was keeping from me in hindsight there was lying there was secrets and stuff so the first year was amazing and but then quickly after that I realized this is a whole level of alcoholism I've never seen. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, in walks the breast cancer. And he still supports me. Mm -hmm. He said he had his his best friend, a girl best friend growing up, had to have a double mastectomy relatively young. I was only 48, 55 now. 45, somewhere in there. I was, I was relatively young, but he had had a friend who was even younger and how great she did. And he was so supportive. And so I'm still like clinging to this man, just clinging, Mm -hmm. clinging, not recognizing how toxic it was because Mm -hmm. that was somebody you just, that level of, um, addiction of any sorts and having seen my brother die, I understand that you want to help so much, but they really have to help themselves. And you were very, you were so vulnerable then because you were going through this breast cancer and such a hot mess. I think where anybody else would have walked away. And I tried, I tried many to walk away, but it was just hard. So unfortunately, you know, anyone cares to read, you can see what happened. Mm-hmm. He started suffering from seizures and he had many bouts of it. And um, that last one was a grand mal seizure. Mm-hmm. And that last week I had said, I, I can't, you know, you're drinking again. Here we go. I, I can't do this. So that last week I technically walked away, but I didn't. I was checking on him every night, except that one last day. And I do feel that was, you know, God and angels around me protecting me. Um, and and so with that last seizure, he actually he 
passed away. Yeah, well, that's where I was called at, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night out of bed to go to his house two minutes away because the police wanted to interview me because the scene was so bad. You have to understand when somebody has a seizure and they hit their head repeatedly, there's a lot of blood. This is not the first time that it happened to him, but this apparently was very severe. So it looked like he had been attacked. Yeah, like a crime scene. It was a crime scene. There was tape and everything. Oh. And, and the family, this is a lot of still some deep anger in there or just sad. I don't know how to explain it. I haven't, since the memorial, I, I can't see the family. Mm-hmm. Just because it felt like such a struggle of, are they helping him? Are they, are, are they hurting him? They took the business from him that he created. All of this led to his demise. They had been dealing with it for quite some time and never told me until I was in the thick of it. And their best advice was just walk away. Oh, dear. What? I'm like, this is your son. This is your brother. So that night, that the police, all I got was a call, I think, from, for me, when I go through traumatic things, I block a lot out. Things really stand out, but other things are, are very much blocked out. I, I know it was his mom or his sister who called me and said that I need to come over. Well, they said something like, had I talked to Rick? And I was like, no. And, uh, well, you need to come over. The police want to talk to you. And then they never, I mean, the family never came out to me. No one came out to me. I literally sat behind the police car. I stood for a while, but it took so long and I was still healing and I was in pain that I just sat down literally in the gutter. And, and at, at this point, he, he's still alive, right? He, yeah, he's he is in the house. Oh, he's still in the house. Ugh getting ready to be transported to the hospital. And he lived, oh, I don't know, another five days, but he had, you know, this huge hole out, just so much equipment hooked up in the hospital. And, you know, my dad was a surgeon. My, I come from a medical background. My family, they're doctors, lawyers, and writers. So, I, I just knew too much. I know what happens when the body shuts down. I know what I went through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had a near-death experience on top of all of this. It's another aspect. But I knew when I did go see him, of course. I mean, the family sitting vigil, everybody handles these situations differently. I went in. I had a few moments with him, which energetically I I knew he was already around me, but not in that body. And and he still is. He's still with me. Well that's but I, I didn't sit vigil. I I I knew he had he he was gone. It was just a matter of, of his vessel jogging. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I, rather mistreated, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. But that's okay. You know, I'd already been through so much. That that's just like bring it on, just bring it on. How you want to treat me after this man has died just doesn't matter. And it carried through to the memorial. I wasn't really 
of course I was asked to be there and everything, but I wasn't included. And I had just buried my dad. Another reason I knew a lot about the way the body was shutting down. I, I, I was with my mother as she died and took her last breath. I was laying in bed with her, holding her. Yeah. So I know, I know what it's like when people are taking their last breath, the death rattle is mm-hmm. what they call it. Mm-hmm. I witnessed my dad. I was with him. And he, now here I am. That was December. Now it's March. So, so breast cancer, then your dad dies. And then this happens with Rick. I mean, this is a lot. <laughs> well, my dad died December 1st. 2015 and now it's 2016 I kind of just lump it into 2016 mm-hmm. and you'll understand because you're a cat mom my oldest <laughs> cat December dad my oldest cat dies in January oh, oh that's heartbreaking Rick dies in March my favorite dog dies in June Golly. boom 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 it was incredible incredible so I will tell you after that, well, like a, a hot month later, I, I got my next dog. Because well, I, I, I grew up with horses. I just, I find a lot of my time, quote, meditating mm-hmm. is when I'm in nature, when I'm with the animals, when I'm walking. Also, oddly, in the shower, when I'm swimming, water. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a cancer. <laughs> yeah. Water, nature, that's, I, I'm, I don't sit well and meditate. I'm getting better at that. Getting much better at that. I think I've really opened up that, that aha moment when you meditate. Mm-hmm. But, um, doing that with Pippa, having my next dog helped a lot. But I woke up, listened to Abraham Esther Hicks. Sometimes, yeah. In, in the past, I did. And there's that, that moment, you know, when you're sleeping and your subconscious is just, you're in that element in those first 17 seconds, as she describes it, when you wake up and you're not really thinking of anything. It's such a cool time, but it's so brief. Mm-hmm. So I would wake up and maybe I had 10 seconds and I would immediately go into tears immediately and then the anxiety so is this is this what you're talking about the morning the morning grieves it's like you wake up and you have to remember everything right is that it's just yeah i'd have like 10 seconds of uh oh hey good morning and then bam and people would try to people therapists i i threw all of the the baby the, the divorce the mom dying, my dad dying, everybody. I sought psychiatric help. I sought uh, psychology. I probably was depressed, but I never felt depressed. I felt sad and grieving Mm -hmm. and anxious. Mm -hmm. The anxiety was my number one diagnosis. They would try to give me antidepressants, but it just it doesn't yeah. work. It just yeah. doesn't work for me. So, so how did you begin to heal? Well, 
five years is a long time to wake up crying. Five years is a very long time to wake up crying. But during that process, I was slowly healing bits and pieces, but it, it was, it was a real struggle because I had lost all the important people in my life mm-hmm. that I turned to. Um, my best friend, we've known each other since we were 18 in college. She was a tremendous help, but she was also grieving, 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 grieving in her own way. And, um, I think we were feeding each other in, in, a, in a positive way. Sometimes, but maybe more of a negative of just you fall into that, that staying grief. stuck mm-hmm. of like talking to each other through it every day, but not really making progress. Mm-hmm. I did seek out the hypnotherapy. And one example that I feel I focused on with that, that really helped was coming to grips with one of the first traumatic things. Not the only early traumatic, but losing the baby, losing that, losing a baby or a child. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And I never, because of, you know, obviously I'll own it, my own ways of coping, but also the marriage I was in was very much, you, you just got to get up and move on. You know, you had a little bit of time to process that. Right. Yes. This, but okay. that's not helpful. Get over it and get going. You don't miss work. You don't miss school. You don't, you just get up, you go. Mm-hmm. So I, I never really processed that. And the hypnotherapy was quite also a very meditative experience, as you are probably aware. And that's where I think my mind opened up to the experience of meditation and tapping into that healing experience of past, not only past life regression, but I was able to, I hope this makes sense to people. I was able to really tap into her energy now and sit with her. How comforting. Oh my God. Like we were, we were together. I, my energy was there. It's almost like a near death experience, like where you're hovering around it. And I didn't see her from the front. I didn't see either of us from the front. I'm witnessing it from the back. Sort of this, and she's not a baby anymore, but she's not an adult either. Just this beautiful spirit. spirit. I got to have that time mm-hmm. and feel that energy. And that was really enlightening and that set me on um this spiritual uh progression of understanding how i feel that there's so much more out there beyond this body that i'm in and how we were created and where we go and my thoughts beyond religion and so leading you into a whole new career yes and then i would say I was a, I was a stay-at-home mom. I have an esthetician license. I did marketing. I did, you know I've done ad specialties, sales, all these little things to be a stay-at-home mom. Try to be productive through all of this, you know, and always trying to re-establish my career as a writer. 
and hitting a lot of walls in a career sense. And I was never really sure why, but maybe me writing is my passion, but I wasn't writing about the right things. Yes. The universe does have a way of guiding us. Yes. <laughs> slamming doors in our face. And yes. We open the right door. Try, I would try something or it led to sales and marketing, which I'm really not great at. I was just feeling the, the rub of like, just you don't want to get up and do it. And then oddly in 2020, I was offered a really cool position back in journalism with a digital online newspaper, a news service, I have to say. That's the old-fashioned me saying paper, news service. Um, Oh, great. Got to be a journalist again, you know? Can't wait. Wasn't getting paid. Story of my life. Not getting paid. Doing doing some pretty extensive work and Oh, Oh, great. Thank you so much. (laughs) So that little spark just went really quick. Now I'm getting up and now I have a talk with the publisher about the payment stuff and he's going, he's going through his own stuff. I guess now we're in also in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. However, where I live, we weren't really shut down too much. Another story. Okay, so anyway, I've always worked from home, and I'm in a very small area, like I told you, water, nature, very free to roam about, not a big city at all. So I, um, I'm working with him. I go sit with him. We talk about money, and he's like, well, how about I offer you a percentage in, in this service? So when I sell it, you'll make money. Okay, I'll do that. that. I can continue on, plug away at this with that in mind. And literally, I I think within two weeks, because of canceled culture and media and misinformation and all that, we're just going to shut you down mentality. (laughs) Guess what? Business goals. It's in fold. He's still in business, but you know how you um, are able to, so your podcast is your product, like a, like a newspaper, but you have to be able to get it out. Mm-hmm. So if Spotify and Apple and Google decides, Jennifer, no, we don't like what you're saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. We're going to, you, you, you don't get to put it out. <laughs> right. So we went from like a million views a day to 30. Oh, that's, yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah, the universe is like, yeah, no. <laughs> do this. So I, I don't know. I just. So how did, how did you get to what you're doing now? I really feel that the, you know, I've always done this on the side. I've been studying astrology on the side. I, then I started picking up the cards and all these other modalities to see how much ability I had. I was curious because I felt it. Like I said, I've always turned to people. I also want to mention briefly, if anybody's in Florida, I'm not sure where you live, Jennifer. I'm in Virginia, Virginia. Oh, lovely. Here in Florida, we have a town called Casadega. It's an entire town. 
of spiritual, psychic, mystic people. And when my brother died, I went there. So when these things happen, I, I turn to religion, but I also turn to these spiritual people. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a pattern in my life that I wasn't picking up on. It's like spirit, energy yeah. connections are all around me going, hello. But I would, <laughs> I'd quickly like go get healed and then push it away. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about that. It's not me or I don't have that ability or people will shun me. That's a big thing I'm afraid of right now. So I would just shut it down. But here I am now. Everything I thought I was supposed to do, the universe is like, no. And I'm also one that I see every time I look at the clock, like, what time is it? I'll look, it'll be 11, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see signs, symbols. In, in 2020, I got very intense. I don't know why very intense because the whole world was upside down (laughs) everything was I guess and I think astrologically if you look at my chart stuff I could tell you why Mm -hmm. but I just kept getting this knock yeah she's knocking hello (laughs) and then one day I, I just did a deep dive into my cards and everything I'm fascinated with mediums when I lost my brother, when I, when I've lost people, I want to go see mediums because I, I'm 100% sure there's more after that energy cannot be created or destroyed. This is a, a vessel. Our souls live on mm-hmm. the energy is with us. They are part angels, guides, I, I think it's part of our mission when we go on to still be around those we love. Mm-hmm. There, I'm sure there's quite more that souls are out there doing. But they're still here to be with us and guide us and protect us. And I do think we come into this world knowing this, but as children, I think we're still very in tune to it. And then it's sort of we life, lose it. life trumps it out of us. <laughs> Uh-huh. Very true. Very true. So it just came swooping in. And also I mentioned, I, I, I hear things, feel things that there's the signs that I see, but I also hear and feel things that are unmistakable that made me want to do a real deep dive. And, and it led me into, to feeling like if people want to talk, and share. I'm here to listen and help. When I was younger, trying to decide what I wanted to do, I did want to be a therapist of some sort. My so dad, you, you always had that calling. Oh, absolutely. And it's in my birth chart. Mm-hmm. My dad did not want to help me with college if I was going to be a psychologist. Interesting. Interesting. So Elizabeth, so tell our listeners uh, what the services are that you offer and and how they can get in touch with you. Okay, so this deep dive that I did really has opened up this ability I have to not only listen and talk and share all of this, but to really tap into how other people are feeling. And the questions that they have 
and answers they're looking for. So my ability to understand people's astrology and interpret their natal charts, there are many more aspects to us than just one zodiac sign. Even understanding that, that we're not just male, female, one color, white, black, we're so much more than all of that. I really want people to understand that. And this is not witchcraft or voodoo or anything. It's really tapping into a universal understanding of a lot of aspects that make up all of us. And understanding that, I think, creates a lot of growth and healing. So I want people to understand I'm not just going to whip out tarot cards and make crazy predictions. I use these as a way to, yes, channel information in a very unique spiritual way. But it's a way for us to also open up dialogue and talk and be heard and heal. So fundamentally, I want people to understand I'm not playing with cards and throwing around meanings. It's it's a very helpful part of healing, as is hypnotherapy and acupuncture and all the things we've talked about, as well as therapy. And if you need medicine, whatever you need, I'm I'm just here for that. As for contacting me, process of developing what I hope will be a great website with all kinds of ways to reach and connect and learn and grow and heal together. But right now, I would, Jennifer will share some info in the descriptions. My email she'll provide. Right now, I would like you all to reach me at Elizabeth Diaz. So it's, okay, so my email is, that I would prefer you use right now is E-Diaz, e D is in David, I-A-Z, 0426 at gmail.com. And I will put this in the show notes so you'll be able to find Elizabeth's email. Now, I am listed under Truant, which is spelled T-R-U-I-T-T, Truant, Intuitive Connection. That is the name of my spiritual business. Truett is a is my grandmother's name. And I have three spirit guides. Okay. Okay, Liz. Yeah, I sure No, no, I love it. No, I really do. I love it. <laughs> Two I, of them I... are my grandmother. I don't know who the third is. Two are my grandmothers. Oh. On my dad's side, Ella. Ella. That's where Ella comes from. Truett is my mother on my mother's side. In this business, I go by Ella Truett, mm-hmm. and it's Truett Intuitive Connections. So you can find me on YouTube, and there I do free readings, and just you can learn more about tapping into that sort of fun stuff on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, Thumbtack right now. Okay. Thumbtack. I'm working on Keen and some of these other great sites, but it's called Thumbtack. It's an app that you would download, and uh, there's a great many resources on there. It's really kind of cool. 
but you'll also find me under Truit Intuitive Connections. Okay. And that through that app, you can actually go ahead and schedule and book with me. But if you'd like to reach me personally, that's the best email now. So Elizabeth, I, I think you have a special offer for our listeners. And this offer will be available to you if you send Elizabeth an email and you mention either that you listen to our podcast on Unbreakable Spirit or mention my name, Jennifer Seven, and Elizabeth's going to give you a special offer. So Elizabeth, tell our listeners what the offer is. Okay, so for $30, what would they get? Oh, as much time as they need. Well, that's incredibly generous. Astrology, readings, the whole the whole shabam. Okay, that is an amazing offer. So $30 yeah. for a consultation with Elizabeth. Astrology. To get, to get whatever you need. <laughs> to get whatever, whatever you need. need. Whatever you need. Whatever you want to talk about. Wow, that's, Lord that's knows wonderful. I've been, I've been, I've been through it. No, it, well, we wanted to hear your story. I know it's great. And I, I think there's so much more that we could talk about that it would be great to have you on again. And maybe we can dive deeper into some of this healing work that you do. I'd love to explore that more in another uh, session where we have more time. <laughs> yes. You know, and I do also want to tell people that I think you'll agree the healing process never ends. <laughs> yes, and, I, and I the, believe that every time learning, you think you've got it all down pat, something else happens. It's a journey. Yeah. Definitely a journey. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for your time and being here on our show and uh, letting our listeners have this great offer. And yeah, so I think that's a great way to kind of sum up the whole thing is your healing never ends. Just keeping that in mind. Oh my gosh, it doesn't. And I think that's why all of us wanted to contribute to Unbreakable Spirit, that we have that strength to keep going, to share this with these women has been such an awesome experience. And that was absolutely the first step to healing. Mm -hmm. And to revisit with you now. Yes. And I'll, and, I'll put in the show and notes. Be, and not be a hot, real hot mess right now. <laughs> <laughs> like such a win-win. Yes. So in the show notes, I'll be putting uh, the Unbreakable Spirit book in case anyone wants to you know, get it and read these stories of these wonderful women. So it will be there. But again, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I'm really grateful to you for being here. And uh grateful too. I can't wait to talk to you more. This is not enough time. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone have a wonderful day and thank you all for listening to Unbreakable Spirit. Thank okay. you, Jennifer. I wish you well. So thank much. you. So much love and gratitude. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at 7company.com. That's the number 7company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.